0: Welcome to the new Two Docs in a Pod, presented by WellMed. Over the next half hour, Two Docs in a Pod will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Tamika Perry and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. And now, here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Tamika Perry. Well, hello there, and thanks for joining us on Two Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron. Delighted to be with you along with our co-host, Dr. Tamika Perry. Dr. Perry has been part of the Optum program since 2014, transferred to WellMed in 2018. She is currently a provider at WellMed at Redbird Square in Dallas. Dr. Perry is board certified in family medicine and has been in practice for some 15 years. And we're delighted, Dr. Perry, to have you on board. And one of the things we're going to be talking about with our guest today is palliative care. And I assume that More and more, PCPs and others are referring patients for palliative care.
1: Absolutely. So palliative care is something that, until I became a PCP, I was unaware of. So Doctor, definitely our guest today will enlighten us on that. But it it is a great uh, service to the patient as well as their family.
0: Well, let's introduce our special guest, Dr. Hina Budwani. Uh, Dr. Budwani is the lead physician for the Houston Supportive Care Team. That's WellMed's network of Texas in Houston earned her medical degree from St. George University School of Medicine in the West Indies, Grenada. completed her residency in family medicine at Texas A&M in Corpus Christi, followed by a geriatric fellowship, then went on to Vanderbilt University in Nashville, where she worked as an associate professor of medicine in their geriatric department, obviously overqualified and overeducated, <laughs> board certified not only in family practice, but geriatric medicine as well. And Dr. Budwani, it is a pleasure to meet you and thanks for coming on to Docs in a Pod.
2: Well, thank you so much. And I really appreciate for that uh, warm welcome. It's definitely a pleasure to be here today.
0: Well, tell us for those who don't know uh, what palliative care is and how that has to be distinguished from hospice care.
2: Definitely. So uh, palliative care... um, has evolved the definition itself has evolved uh over the course of last 80 some years Um, initially when early 1900s when hospice came about which i will go into uh, great detail later um, palliative care was part of it so what it really means is it's a specialized medical care uh, that is provided to patients that are um, dealing with serious illness Now, if you ask me what is that serious illness, um, this can be cancer, which initially was the focus uh, of palliative care. But now it also includes um, heart failure, advanced lung disease, um, other conditions such as end stage renal disease, um, diabetes, a lot of other um, medical conditions, which allows patient to live a long life, but it comes at various different costs. So palliative care physicians and the team focuses on a uh, septum burden the, uh, for these patients who are dealing with these chronic illness. And,
0: and why is that needed versus just the kind of care, uh, which is excellent care you'd get from your PCP, your primary That's care a- physician?
2: That's an excellent question. So as we all uh, hear on the news and, and learn about it on a daily basis, the healthcare costs in United States and how we compare to other uh, similar countries, we're spending more and more dollars as the years go by, but not necessarily achieving better cares. In fact, we spend uh, more than double um, the amount on our patients per year um, However, our um, the care that's been provided, the life expectancy, as well as the quality of life is not as good. And we think about it. Why is that? It's because our healthcare system is so fragmented. Um, before you had a doctor 100 years ago that uh, came to your home or saw patients in the hospital, and they took care of a lot of things. Uh, Granted, back then, you know, people used to die of conditions such as malaria and other other conditions like just simple uh, medical conditions as diabetes, just because the medical technology wasn't as advanced that is uh, currently the case. However, it has fragmented uh, the healthcare in terms of now we have specialists, we have nephrologists, you know, take care of the kidneys, we have a heart doctor, we have a doctor who takes care of just GI as symptoms, and then we have primary care doctors who are seeing 18, 20 patients in eight hours, which is 20 minutes per patient. Given all that, everyone is focused on their organ that they are specialized. But do we really communicate with other specialties or even look at patient as a whole? So, yes, if I go to a doctor, I have chronic kidney disease or diabetes, that's not the only thing I need. I may be suffering from um, uh, psychosocial factors of depression, anxiety, pain, which I, you know, patients often mention that nobody really has time to focus on those things because there's just not enough time or the specialty. So a lot of it has to do with just the lack of time, lack of uh, understanding, and nobody really thinks about we are people, we're beyond just the disease, we're, we're people. So that's why I feel that palliative care looks at the patient beyond the disease. They look at the patient as a whole, and not only patient, but families as well, because it really puts a lot of burden on the families caring for these patients. All right, now hold
0: that thought. We're going to come right back (laughs) to you, but I want to take a moment and let folks who may have just joined us know you're listening to Two Docs in a Pod, presented by WellMed. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host. Dr. Tamika Perry, who's up in Dallas at the Redbird Square Clinic, and yes. on our hotline, talking to us from Winter Park in Florida, Dr. Rudina Priska. We're She's talking about we're talking about the whole question of palliative care and how that works. And Dr. Priska, I want to come back to your reference to uh, all the ologists. They're like eight million ologists. They're Dermatologist, rheumatologists, right? cardiologist, everything you can think of. And, and in a patient who's got a complex series of issues, uh, they probably are seeing all those different doctors. How is all that coordinated? And does palliative care play a role in that?
2: So in terms of um, ologists that I mentioned, uh, palliative care uh, specialists, so first of all, I just wanna say palliative care, uh, care is not just provided by one doctor. It's a team of people that includes doctors, advanced care um, uh, practitioners, nurse practitioners, nurses, social workers, chaplains. So it's, it's a whole team uh, that work together to provide the care. Um, so we not only look at the medical medical care but like i mentioned earlier the psychosocial factors um so the medical care symptoms is what we really focus on so we look and you at make the- house calls Exactly. So this can be provided. So it's not just limited to house calls. It can be done in the hospitals. It can be done in the outpatient setting. It can be done in the house uh, setting. So we do both. We do clinics and house calls, but we coordinate care with other um, specialists and PCPs just so that everyone's on the same board. So we basically act as that bridge um, so that we bring everyone together on this care. So
1: let me tell you, Dr. Budwani, I I I use palliative care a lot for my patients Mm -hmm. who have those chronic illnesses like congestive heart failure and they're symptomatic all the time. And they need that higher, they need more touches than I could provide, right? They need to be seen more often. They need to be called by a nurse practitioner or nurse, et cetera, et cetera. And that's where palliative care is probably most useful in my practice. Those, you know, you're not quite at the hospice stage and and later I'm going to ask you like specifically what's the difference, but you're not quite at the hospice stage. You know, the National Institutes of Health published a study recently that said that palliative care significantly decreased that 30-day readmission rate to the hospital. So, you know, you're in, you have congestive heart failure, you're in a palliative care program, you're less likely to get readmitted to the hospital for an exacerbation of that CHF within that first 30 days, which is instrumental. You know, hospitals provide a lot of great services, but sometimes we go to hospitals to get sicker, unfortunately.
0: And nobody wants to go to the hospital if they don't have to.
1: No, not at all. Not at all. In
0: fact, a friend of mine from years ago when I worked in Washington, D.C., uh, Dr. Sidney Wolf, who worked for what was then the health research group, wrote a book about uh, the last place you want to be if you're sick is in a hospital.
2: That, that is absolutely correct. So uh, both of you touched on um, very, very good t- uh, points. So patients don't want to die in the hospital, hooked up to the machines, um, surrounded by people they don't know. They would much rather be at home. The biggest problem is that uh, nobody really communicates in terms of where patients really are. And again, it goes back to the the point I touched up on earlier. A lot of it has to do with just how our healthcare system is and uh, lack of education. I just Googled uh, palliative care, just wanted to see what's out there in terms of what information people are seeing. And the first information that pulled up was palliative care, aka comfort care that is incorrect that is not the right information and i feel like a lot of clinicians also struggle in terms of what palliative care really is which so if the clinicians don't have a good grasp on it naturally patients are not going to have a good grasp on either and people are just so prone to going to google and finding all the information and that's not correct see that's so how- interesting
0: b- exactly because a lot correct. of folks e- even some pcps will describe palliative care as comfort care. It makes you comfortable. It does uh, more than in hospice. It does treat you, but it's to make you more comfortable. And and you're saying that's not all of palliative care at all. I think
1: if we're going to use a C word for palliative care, maybe we should say comprehensive (laughs) instead of, you know, comprehensive might be a little better. I mean, Dr. you you let me know. You're the expert in this area. It kind of ties it all together for that particular patient.
2: Yes, I totally agree with you. So I have worked as a hospitalist um, as well. So I can see where that comfort care word comes from and how I see it does not mean that everyone else sees it as, uh, as that. I'm sure people who work in the hospital intensive care unit can really understand, okay, that comfort care is totally different. Comfort care means it is at the time when patient is nearing death and we just take everything off. The only thing in the hospital that we put is morphine. Uh, something for anxiety. Uh, that's all we really give to patients. That is comfort care where we have taken everything off. Palliative care is not equal to end of life. So if any, if anyone, whoever's listening to me, one thing you get out of this, I hope that you know that palliative care is not end of life care. Palliative care is a bridge between acute care Uh, which is being in the hospital, getting all the aggressive care, um, and hospice. So the way it works is, let's uh, take an example, patient has cancer. When the clinician um, says, okay, let's go to the oncologist, we're going to get patient on chemotherapy. The first thing uh, along with that should also be let's get palliative care on. But the problem is that as soon as people hear about the palliative care, they think that the physician has given up on them and they know that they're dying and that's why they're getting palliative care. No, you you can get curative treatment along with palliative care, but the palliative care person, uh, the specialist looks at, okay, are you getting nausea? How we treat the nausea? Are you in pain? We treat the pain. Are you depressed? We work on finding ways uh, to, um, to treat the depression. How's your family dealing with it? Do you need care at home. That's what palliative care does while the oncologist works on chemotherapy. Now we're going to but come back incredible. to that. Don't don't Not go anywhere. <laughs>
0: stay with us just a minute here. Uh, we're going to do a little business at our end and come right back to you. Sure. Uh you're listening to Two Docs in a pod. I'm Ron Aaron along with our co-host, Dr. Tamika Perry. And we're talking with Dr. Hina Budwani, who is at WellMed Network of Texas in Houston, talking about palliative care and more on Two Docs in a pod. we thank you so much for being with us right here on Two Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron along with our co-host Dr. Tamika Perry and we're talking on our Two Docs in a Pod hotline from Houston, Texas with Dr. Hina Budwani. Dr. Budwani is a specialist in a family practice, geriatric medicine and palliative care and we've been talking about palliative care and Dr. Perry you had a wonderful question for her.
1: I I do Dr. Budwani so sometimes I find it um, a little bit challenging to get patients and their families to sign up for the services associated with palliative care. You know, a lot of times they ask me, are you saying I need pre-hospice? Or what are you saying? So can you tell me how we can alleviate the concerns of the family, how that conversation should go?
2: Definitely. So as clinicians, I guess some of the things that we look for Um, that would make us think, okay, is this patient palliative um, appropriate or not, before we offer it to the patient. So as a clinician, we first need to be uh, confident that, okay, we feel that this patient is uh, palliative appropriate. Now, in a lot of cases, they come to us, and even if they are not, um, it's totally fine. We evaluate them, and and we say, okay, you know, this patient is fine to follow up with PCP. However, some of the things that we um, would encourage uh, clinicians look at is this patient who's going in and out of the hospital because of the disease symptom burden? Is this some patient who's having any physical or psychosocial symptoms? Like they're just getting really frail. This patient came to your clinic last year and was walking and taking care of themselves. And now they're using a walker. They're not able to drive. They're not able to take care of themselves. They're relying more and more on others to care for them. So they're declining in health. So that, that is someone who is... Uh, going through the disease uh, symptom burden. So that is absolutely the the right patient that uh, needs to be referred to palliative. Someone who is uh, having social or spiritual uh, concerns that's affecting their care. They're depressed, they're not sleeping well, not taking care of themselves, losing weight. So these are the things that clinicians look at and uh, thinking that, okay, this patient needs to go to palliative. And how then-
0: do you explain right. to the patient exactly. if that's what they need?
2: Exactly. So that's where you bring it to the patient. It's a, Let's say that it's, it's the weight loss. I'm really concerned you're losing a lot of weight. And I really feel that we need to send you to a specialist, a palliative care specialist who focus on patient as a whole. They can look at your nutrition status. They can see why you're declining so much. Are there things we can do? to maybe turn this around. Um, these uh, specialists are not, this is not hospice. Palliative, again, one thing if anyone gets out of this podcast today is that palliative care is not end-of-life care. So there's still
1: curative treatment with palliative This is therapy. still
2: curative treatment. We help you when we see patients at home, we say, we are specialists that help you live as long as possible, as independently as possible. And that's somehow really resonates with the patients. That's when they really think, okay, yes, that makes sense. And then we see there is quite a bit of data now, a lot of research out there that shows that patients who are under care of palliative care, they're actually living better and longer life compared to others who are not getting that care. So we we can provide, the physical therapy, occupation therapy, nutritional help, social help, depression, anxiety, anything that they need at home. Like
1: Doctor, d- Dr. Dr. Do you ever use the nugget? Because I use this sometimes that home visits are available. And if you do to try to reel the patient in, what 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 happens at the home visit?
2: So home visit, the way it works is uh, the first visits are really long, as you can imagine, and it would be even if it's a clinic. Um, so we first, of course, explain who we are and what we do. We are extra layer of support. We do not replace primary care doctor. We are here to provide extra layer of support to fill in the gaps where you need help. So we go through, we have a template that we go through some of the things that we look at, okay, what's their functional status, how much they're able to do on their own, what's the nutrition status, depression. Anxiety, um, incontinence. We look at all that and see what are some of the things that we can help patients with. So, of course, we go through all their medications. A lot of times, you know, they're on medications that are causing a lot of side effects. Too many medications uh, from different specialists. Uh, so, we look at the medications. We talk to the family in terms of what help they need in order to care for the patients. Do they need a provider? Do they need therapy? So, that's what happens in the home visits. If they we need blood work. We do the blood work. Um, another big part is that we do advanced care planning, which uh, Dr. Spencer is uh, going to talk about on the next podcast, I believe in two weeks. I don't want to take that thunder from her because she is. Um, yeah, this uh, is a
0: radio show and a podcast. Absolutely. We do both.
2: So she is going to talk about that. So advanced care planning it basically uh, in a nutshell is that we talk about what their goals are in terms of where do they see themselves going. So this is what happens in these uh, visits. Now, the other big part that happens, we are specialists that uh, can look to see if patient is hospice appropriate. And so we help them transition to hospice. Um, so that's that's what it's comprised of. So, so let's
0: let's walk through your your home visit because I think one of the things Dr. Perry was looking at. I and I've talked with folks who've done these kinds of visits. You actually will go in and say, "Hey, do you mind if I look in your refrigerator? Can I check your cupboards?" Talk to us about that and why that's important.
2: That's exactly right. So uh, we do look at that because we're looking to see, or do they have access to food? Because when patients go to the clinic and the PCP sees they're losing weight, they don't. In 20 minutes, they don't have time to figure out what's actually going on. A lot of times, patients don't um, uh, give that information. We don't have access to food, so we have social workers who help patients get the food and um, uh, through insurance. So that's why we look at it. What if they have food that's spoiled, or what if the food is there which is not nutritionally balanced? So they're having more falls. Um, so that's the reason why we look at it. We also look at patients' rooms and bathrooms, and we uh, the whole, the visit of their um, the bathroom. And I mean, we look at everything. Look for risk for falls. Um, again, we're looking at the person just as a whole. It's not just the diseases. You have heart disease. You have kidney disease. You have diabetes. And, and
0: have you in these visits opened a refrigerator and said, "Oh my God"? Now I see what the problem is.
2: Multiple times, multiple times. And,
0: Tell and us a, what 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 did you see?
2: So a lot of time. Well, sometimes we'll see that we open the fridge; all they have is just some sodas, um, some alcohol, and uh, nothing else really. Sometimes you see that the food is being spoiled and it's just sitting there. Uh, sometimes we go to patients' home; they don't have electricity, so there's food is falling. it's out on the ground um so and in
0: Houston if you don't have electricity you don't have air conditioning
2: oh, that's that is tough correct. super that tough is that is a patient I saw just uh, last Friday. I went to patient's home. She was sitting outside. And I said, why are you sitting outside? I don't have electricity. So I said, well, let's just go inside. And uh, older lady, living alone, moved two months ago, doesn't have anyone to clean her house. And then she all the food is on the floor and smelling and um. Like, what's really going on? She's like, well, I don't have electricity. I don't have anyone to help. And we as a team, we want to help her, but she's in and out of the hospital so much that it's, it's been very difficult, but that's something that we're going to help patients get on track with.
1: So Dr. Um, Budwani, the, the, the palliative team by doing these home visits are able to pick up these social determinants of health that the PCP, if they don't go to the home, may not even be aware of. Like I do home visits and I've, just like you alluded to, I've seen lots of social determinants of health. Like I see why you can't get to the clinic because your car is on blocks outside so you don't have any transportation, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I see why your AC, A1C is going up. Are you aware that there are Snickers and Doritos in the bed with you? So, A1C is a
0: a measure of uh, your risk of diabetes. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, it's a measure of your blood sugar. So, uh, it's very important as a clinician when you go into the home that you pick these things up. And the palliative care team does an awesome job of kind of bringing all these factors together to help um, the patient that comprehensive care. That is correct.
2: And other things that our social workers have helped with, and I always tell my patients, the social workers we work with, they're magicians. They figure out a way. You tell us what the problem is. They've helped patients get um, air conditioners. They've helped patients fix their roof. They've helped patients uh, get their homes cleaned. They have done, they go above and beyond to care for the patient because if they're living in a condition, the roof is broken and they they don't have have electricity do you really think that they're going to be focused on taking the medications no because they're 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 trying to survive out there and they need someone they're not going to come to the PCP and say my roof is broken i don't have ac my medications i don't know where it is i moved and, and i don't have anyone to help uh, with those things so that's where we really come in as a team and help patients so that i hope gives a picture of what palliative care really is we're we're not we're not just end of you know end of life care i talk about palliative care is part of hospice but hospice is not equal i mean the palliative care is not equal to hospice so you get palliative care if you're on hospice but if you're on palliative care it does not mean you're on hospice you and that's where that. i feel like that's where i feel like the miscommunication uh or misconception right. uh, is yes.
0: well we are uh unfortunately flat out of time and uh, Uh, Those stories about walking into a home with no electricity, with rotting food, it shows you the comprehensive, as Dr. Perry had said, aspect of palliative care. And Dr. Budwani, thank you so much for coming on. We really, really appreciate having you.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: And for Dr. Tamika Perry, I'm Ron Aaron. Thanks for joining us on Two Docs in a Pod. Executive producers for Two Docs in a Pod are Dan Calderon and Leah Madrano. Our producer is Isaac Wilker, and associate producers are Natalie Ibarra and Maurice Hudson. Thank you for listening to Two Docs in a Pod presented by WellMed. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And be sure and tune in next week for another edition of Two Docs in a Pod with Dr. Tamika Perry and Ron Aaron.